right, welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. You're here with Matt. How are you? And I'm Thomas. And as always, Matt doesn't know what I have for discussion, and I don't know what Matt has for discussion, but it's always a good time. And we have some good topics this week, I hear. From what I've been told behind the scenes, I still don't know what it is, but I know it's good. But you know what, Matt? We're going to have to hold up on your topic. It's my turn first. It's your turn first. I'll step aside. Go for it. So I was inspired by a previous episode of ours talking about broken glass. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if you could fix this? If it could heal itself? If you cracked your screen and the screen healed itself right away? Which I wish could happen right now because I recently cracked my Pebble watch and... I was just staring at broken glass. So I'm guessing your heart has shattered. It is shattered as well. But, you know, let's see if there's any self-healing materials that can fix our problem. So self-healing materials starts down at the chemical level. It's not an overarching thing. It's not a mechanical thing. People want this self-healing technique to heal itself. So there shouldn't be any out external forces. It's all self-contained. So researchers have been looking into this for the past 100 years. Uh, starting around the 19th century is when it really began to pick up. And recently in 2007, the all the scientists working on this had a big convention that they now do every year to discuss the future of this tech. Let's go into it a little bit. So there's two major types of self-healing. You have your polymer breakdown technique and your... Ex- your eccentric polymer-based systems. So let's talk about polymer breakdowns first. Polymer breakdowns includes the the homolethic bond cleavage, the heterolethic bond cleavage, the reversible bond cleavage, and the supermolecule breakdown. That's a lot of cleavage and a breakdown. Yeah, we got three cleavages and a breakdown. There's some more, but these are just some brief things. So this polymer breakdown method, this goes down into the chemistry of these plastics themselves. Like there is currently studies on tires that currently tires are made of, they have their plastic polymers in them, but they also have sulfur to make the bonds greater. But because of this, when the bonds are broken, the sulfur doesn't aid the fixing of the rubber. So it stays broken. So there's been change recently to put together these tires with the same polymer of the rubber, but then including uh, some other polymers in there. One of them is bromide, and it's another big polymer that I forget the name of. So what happens actually is when these tires break, the bonds are then pushed together, and because of how the polymers are aligned and how these new electrons are placed, they actually create new bonds. Currently, they are sped up with heat, but scientists are moving forward to try to create the same effect without using heat at all. So it's a more natural thing. And they're working on this with tires because imagine if you get a cut in your tire or a puncture in your tire. What if that tire could heal itself before it even got flat? Like that's the future. That's what they're aiming towards these crazy. scientists. Super crazy. So that's what we got with polymer breakdown. Now the other method, the intrinsic polymer-based systems. Now, this is more of a, in a sense, a more, more mechanical look at it. This is where you get your micro microcapsule healings, your vascular approaches, your hollow tube approach, your discrete channels, your interconnected networks, your direct ink writing, and your slips. That's S-L-I-P-S. These methods focus more on 
actually adding something to the material itself to self-heal. So the example I looked into was the microcapsule healing. So what they do is they have these polymer levels, but underneath them they have little capsules of glue or a sealer. So when something is cracked or ripped, the sealer is then burst open and then it would fill in the crack. Therefore, removing scratches, removing cracks, removing breaks. So then when this is broken, they combine together and they fix the heal. They fix the crack to make a healed material. Now there's some other stuff as well. There's uh, the vascular approach and the hollow tube approach, which kind of work the and the discrete channels approach. They all kind of work in the same way. Think of your hand or your arm, and you know how you have all your blood veins in there. And now say you have a cut. Mm-hmm. Now the way the human body works, I hope you guys are ready for a biology lesson. If you get a cut, the blood flows through, but in the blood is platelets, and these platelets then go and cover up the crack, mm-hmm. cover up your cut, so it seals and it can start to heal. It scabs over immediately, and the blood continues to go through the veins. Exactly. So arteries. scientists are scientists are looking towards nature for these self healing materials. Of they're actually putting microscopic channels in these materials that have liquid have a material flowing through them so when there's a cut a scratch a break these channels can then go and then fill in these breaks so it's like acting like your skin feel cleaning up a crack so i didn't get too much research this week i'll be honest but i want to really discuss what we could use these things for and think of like having a car that imagine if you scratch it and you get you chip away the paint and then within a couple days it's healed automatically they were really looking into applicants for paint as well for this because i mean having a paint that never goes bad that doesn't chip and if it does chip it heals itself that's an that's an amazing thing and they even did tests. They created a substance that could be painted on a metal, to and the metal was cut so the paint would be broken open, and then the paint healed itself, and then they dipped it in a salt solution to see if it would rust. And the bonds were strong enough that nothing got through, and there was no rust found. It's like a perfect new coat of paint. Exactly. So wow. think of it covering, covering our machinery in the future. These machines will last longer because there's no corrosion because of these materials that they're made out of. And I feel like that's where people are moving forward to now. I remember reading about a phone case that was made, the back of it was made out of this material that scratches. I've seen that case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also a very simple application of it. Think of it like with cutting boards as well, a cutting board that would clean itself up. Or cutting mats that do that as well. I mean, there's so many applications, don't you think? Oh yeah, for certain. Everything from automotive to technology to like household items. It'd be crazy to have a cutting board that like is completely vulnerable to a knife cut, and it's a good surface to work on, but it just heals itself and it's practically brand new again. You would never have to buy a new one. Exactly, it's a one-time buy, and I feel like that's kind of i feel like the future is this idea that you'll only have to buy one of something that these things will last forever i feel like a lot of companies are starting to move towards that 
So imagine like a leaking pot, you know, or a leaking pipe in your house. Oh yeah, your you're kitchen. plumbing. Like if you're imagine if they made PVC because that's a polymer already. Imagine if they then implemented what they're doing with the tires. You could have PVC pipe PVC pipes in your house that would last forever, and you'd never get leaks. Or even if they put it in the glue, you'd have perfect seals that would never break, and that would make tube systems instead of being a bunch of separate tubes connected by couplings it'd just be one solid tube that is a perfect system that would be the perfect application because that's something people don't they want to buy and not worry about ever again they don't want it replaced because it's an unnecessary expense um something maybe if you were buying a device like like you said that it's the future of the industry of buying something once and and it lasts forever I don't think humans would do that in terms of like technology or automobiles because they want like the latest and greatest thing, but something exactly like your plumbing in your house that could self heal itself that you never have to worry about. That's brilliant. That's something that people don't want to see. Well, especially with plumbing, you're not like, Oh, I want to get this new plumbing system in my house because it has a better firmware. It's yeah, it moves my, it moves water from point A to point B. And if it can do that, it's doing its job without leaking. Exactly. That's all you want. And I feel like there's a big, big industry for this self-healing material. Of course, they have yet to do glass, which kind of puts me in a bad position with my broken watch. But hopefully we'll start moving towards that. I can imagine glass is a lot harder, though, because plastic, you can really control the molecular compounds. And I feel like plastic has a little bit more leeway. But glass... When I think glass, I think of, in a sense, it's a see-through rock. It's a solid piece of stone, in a sense. I'm I'm curious to see if there will be any further advances in self-healing glass. Maybe sc- they already have the idea of, like, scratch-proof glass. Yeah, yeah, as we talked about, there's different hardnesses. There's different processes to ionize glass based on multi-step processes or using... Um, such as phosphate in the glass ionization to make it stronger. But on top of that, there's really not that much they can do to glass. Glass is such a unique substance. Plastic is completely and artificially made using so many different methods. Plastic is everything from like transparent plastic to more opaque plastics that you, you know, like it could be a brick of plastic that's just like a dark black, piece or you could have perfectly clear plastic it's it's incredible material it's you know it's oil well yeah i think that's what's so impressive about glass uh, well not glass but plastic plastic is purely a man-made thing like sometimes you can get glass have you ever seen the images of glass in the desert because of a lightning strike melting like that that shows right there that glass is a lot in a sense, simpler? I want to say it's a simpler process to form glass, but in a sense, it's not at all. It's its own unique process. I feel like it's a more natural process, but then again, we artificially make it in factories and facilities. But opposed to plastic, you'll never find plastic in the wild. That's no, not something that's very that will true. ever happen. That's a very, very good point. Because plastic is its a chemical process, and based on how you do it, it gives you different results. So... I mean, I'm looking forward to self-healing materials. It's on the horizon. As we talked about in a recent episode, broken phone screens, they could be healed immediately, you know? And 
I that's what I personally want. I don't like my things broken or visible no, scratches. Do I. So if it can be fixed, I I'm one hundred percent on board. I'll throw my I'll throw my money at that. As will I. It'll feel good to have to be at that point where you can buy something and it's gonna stay pristine for years. So yeah, self healing. Self healing glass. Self-heal- well, well self healing plastics. Plastics, yeah. Self healing glass is next. Because glass is the ideal material to use, I guess, in terms of optics. Yeah. Well, there's also you can't one hundred percent heal something. Like if I smash a rock through a window, it's not gonna fix itself. Oh yeah, like it's, my shoulder's been broken and it's even more vulnerable. You know, you could snap yeah. just as easily because there's like a perforation on it. You know. Yeah, it's it's purely like kind of fixing the small things, but you can't make it as the laws of matter state. You can't make something out of nothing. True. So take it all the way back to our roots. Our natural roots, natural roots of the yeah. world. So, yeah. What do you have for me today, Matt? Well, I mean, this afternoon, trying to scramble for a topic, I uh, I love looking on the science sites to see, like, strange phenomena and, you know, mishaps that haven't been explained. So, of course, I come across deja vu. Da, deja vu. I love the, the idea of deja vu. I really, really love it because I experience it. Not often, but I do experience it. Have, do you experience it? I experience it enough that I sometimes question if deja vu is real or not, or if I'm actually reliving the same event twice. Well, before I dive into it, I just want to say it's completely unexplained. There's a lot of research that has been put into it and still currently going into it, but nothing nothing is for certain. So first, I want to start with a little story. While I was researching deja vu there was a song on and they kept saying deja vu it was the weirdest thing not that it was like a moment of deja vu but just the fact that i was researching deja vu in the moment what song were you listening to i forget the band man i um also they said another oh i went to another topic let me think of the other topic I went to the next page on the science website and it had a different topic and the song literally sang that word it was the freakiest thing ever. And I was like, okay, this is my topic. Like, well, not, not the second topic they said, but but deja vu. Deja vu. So it was a really weird moment. So anyway, let's get into it. I'll, I'll explain what we know and what research has been going into it. Yeah, what is deja vu? Well, deja vu is the haunting sense that you've experienced something before. Um, it It's French f- meaning already seen. Deja vu, already seen. Um, deja vu has been under investigation for years by scientists, but there is no complete explanation for the phenomenon. It's reportedly experienced by more than 70% of people at some point, and it's equally experienced by all races and genders. Recent research has yielded some clues into what causes deja vu, and in 2003, there was a study from the Journal of Nervous and Mental Disease that it happens more often in people ages 15 to 25. So right now, you and I are in a prime deja vu phase, I guess you could say. I didn't even know it was affected by age. Well, there's something that corresponds with the age. Um, it has led some experts to believe that deja vu may be linked to a to neurotransmitters like dopamine. And it just happens that dopamine is most prevalent in people with 
ranging ages from 15 to 25. Well, also, uh, I was thinking, doesn't your brain only finish developing at the age of 25? Yeah, it's right around there. So in that in that phase up to that point, there's the most dopamine. So kids are really doped up. <laughs> like, legitimately, kids are doped up. I feel like you picked this topic just to say that sentence. Yeah, I wanted to say it so <laughs> bad. I have, I have it marked on my notes in bold, and it says LOL. Anyway. <laughs> So a hypothesis that gained traction after the peculiar case of a healthy 39-year-old man came to light. So this guy was much older, but he still experienced it. Like I said, 70% of people experience it, and that could be whenever in their lifetime. So this man was fighting the flu by taking amantadine and phenylpropanolamine drugs, commonly known to increase dopamine activity in the brain. Within 24 hours of starting the drugs, he reported intense recurrent episodes of deja vu. So obviously, there was a lot of dopamine going in through his system being introduced artificially, I guess, and he just started experiencing multiple cases of deja vu. So once the man stopped taking the drugs, immediately the deja vu stopped. He didn't have it at all. Really? So that led researchers to believe like, all right, so dopamine, that's a complete factor to deja vu. So maybe it is a mental thing. Maybe it's not just like time travelers, like skipping around, you know, because we all have that thought. Maybe time travel's real and maybe it messes with the universe. Well, I always feel like my deja vu comes from dreams. Like I remember dreaming about something and then it happens. I can completely relate to that. I have, and I say this confidently, I've dreamed things that I experience later on. But then again, as I'll explain, your brain kind of has a glitch but it's it hasn't been proven so all options are up for debate so more ideas have come across to explain the causes of deja vu um many come from studies of epilepsy there's a consistent link between deja vu and the seizures that occur in people with medical temporal lobe epilepsy a type of epilepsy that affects the brain's hippocampus and the hippocampus is the part of the brain that helps manage short and long-term memories so it's like your memory bank. Yeah. It's the hippocampus. Also a mythical beast, the hippocampus. Pretty cool. Um, people with medial temporal lobe epilepsy consistently experience deja vu at the onset of their seizures, according to a 2012 report in the medical journal uh, Neuropsychologia. This phenomenon has led experts to propose that deja vu, like an epileptic seizure, may be the result of neural misfiring during which neurons in the brain transmit signals at random and cause healthy people to experience a false sense of remembered familiarity. So it's, I really like this wording, a neural misfiring. Yeah, it's like your brain does something, it's like, whoops, yep, like whoops. my bad. It was, a, it was on a chemical chemistry level that it fired information at the wrong time and... I mean, this could get really deep and say, are we really seeing life as it really is? Like, maybe your brain is altering things. Maybe there's, maybe colors aren't the way they seem and stuff. Like, we could get really deep into it. Like, what if your your mind's living out five seconds before your body or something like that? Exactly. You never, you never really know. I mean, you can have trust in your, what you're seeing and stuff. I, I have some amount of trust but i always have my questions open yeah you know it's it's better to, it's more fun to live life that way yeah certainly <laughs> don't lock yourself off believing things are simple and that's the way it is always question everything so 
moving on, there's something similar to that neural misfiring. I really like that term, neural misfiring, because it's a great it's a great explanation of what deja vu is, even though it's not proven. I want if people ask me what it is, I'm gonna say it's a neural misfiring. Or yeah. perhaps a neural misfiring. I'd say that's a safe bet. It sounds so that, scientific anyway. It does sound scientific and it makes you sound smart, and that's what we're going for. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something else called a hypnagogic jerk. Do you know what that is? No, but that sounds more scientific than the neural misfiring. Well, a hypnagogic jerk is that false sense of falling you may experience while falling into it like a deep sleep, or if you're kind of in a thin, like a real light sleep and you're about to wake up. Um, so what happens is your body's muscles all relax before a mental transmission tells the body it's okay to relax. Oh. So that's another neural misfiring. Well, I I know when I start to fall asleep, I can tell I'm falling asleep because if I'm laying in bed, I start to like lose feeling in my legs and kind of like the tingly feeling of you kind of feel like your mind's floating away. Oh, I just go. I'm just like, I'm out. Uh, I, I mean, then again, I've had trouble sleeping recently, so I've been up a little later than usual. It's all those deja vu moments I had during the day. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> so then suddenly in this hypnagogic jerk, it activates all your muscles to catch up and suddenly gives you that sense of falling. So that's that's why you have that jerky moment. Your body's like, quick catch up, save yourself, because it's that neural misfire of information. That's kind of terrifying. There was actually. a lack of communication between your brain and your muscles. That's basically what happened right there. It's almost like your brain is daydreaming, but your body is. Or yeah, one's your, awake and one's, one's or not the awake. Other, the other way around, your body's falling asleep, but your mind's still awake. Mm-hmm. But, but so, your mind's not paying attention, and then all of a sudden it kicks in. That's wild. It is wild. So deja vu may be related to some other phenomenon that are equally challenging for scientists to explain. And they all come with similar names. So this is why I wanted to mention the vus. It's not just deja vu. There's some other ones. So there's jamais vu, also meaning it's this is all French, never seen. Jamais vu is never seen. It occurs when a person experiences something familiar, like their own living room, but it feels that they've never been there before. So a perfect example of this is when you repeat a word over and over and over again until you can't pronounce it and it doesn't make sense anymore. I had that with the word, um, oh, it was young. I I swear. Well, when why I, words are even worse, I think. When I saw the word young spelled out, I was like, this must be a different word. And then you said it in your head a million times. I, I said it in my head a million times. And then I showed it to a coworker. It was at work. I was like, is this, what is this word? Say this word out, yeah, out loud. And she's like, it's young. And I'm like, you sure? Because I remember it being something else. Well, there's a, there's a complete explanation for this that, just like repeating a word over and over again until you can't pronounce it and doesn't make sense, here you're overstimulating the neurons and they lose that typical excited feeling they would get the first time you say it. So it slowly loses its relevance in the neural transmissions. So yes, there's nothing like that first time. So That's it- scientifically proven because the first time you say it, those neurons are sent through, through your um, nervous system. And it can't be repeated with that same intensity. It only weakens over time. You know, it gets tired, just like the human, the rest of the human body. So, moving on, deja intendu, already heard. 
That's what that means. It occurs when someone is certain they've heard something before, like a snippet of a conversation or like a musical phrase or, or line, but they cannot recall the pre- precise time or place they heard it. Have you experienced that? Mm, I guess I have. I think I have. I think I definitely have. Like music or something, hearing a song. Maybe at the you know, back at your mind, you hear a, a line of a song and you're like, Mm, I've heard that before or talking to someone you say maybe you don't say it, but they in the conversation they say a line they normally say or something I get know what they've you said yeah. it so that's uh deja intendu already heard um, moving on to the next one there's presque vu also known as like the tip of the tongue this is when you are familiar with something and you're positive you know it but at that particular moment you just can't recall it so it's like what's that actor's name from that movie even though you've seen it 10 times. You just can't come to it in the moment that you need the information. This happens during tests. It's a scientific thing that prevents your brain from recalling that information. And there's an explanation behind this. What happens during Prescott Vu is your brain tries to block out everything that could interfere with the particular information your brain is trying to recall. So it's while it's trying to search for that one name of that actor in the movie, it blocks out everything else. But there's a glitch while it's trying to block everything out where it happens to block absolutely everything out. So you can't even, it blocks the name of the actor out too. Oh. So it's like your brain's trying to work like a computer where it filters through a ton of information and it's blocking irrelevant information. In this case, your brain blocks everything. So in that moment, you need that specific piece of information. It's not there. You literally can't access it. So... This can actually happen equally to a group of people because they're using the same words in the conversation that stimulates the same brain transmissions. So in a group, if you're trying to remember the actor of a movie you've all seen and everybody knows, you'd think among like five people, one of you would know who the actor is. But because the conversation's triggering the same keywords in everyone's brains, it's all blocked. Your neural transmission blocks that correct answer in the moment so it's only until you move on from the conversation that you can remember that someone will remember what the actor's name was because they're not those keywords in the conversation the previous conversation are not triggering that mental blockade that's pretty interesting it's a crazy thing and that's like that silent communication between brains without making eye contact or talking with words or sending like a text or something the brains communicate, they they interact on triggers the same way as like, other brains do. Like based on an environmental it's trigger? It's an environmental trigger, exactly. So now that we've moved away, like I was talking about that band, I remember the band. It's Bad Sons, and um, I can remember, I can't remember the song now. Of course, when we talk about something else in five minutes, I'll remember it. Well, that's, that's good. Well, at least we have the artist. <laughs> yeah, we have the artist, Bad that's Sons. And the, the song kept saying Deja Vu. And it was the weirdest thing when I moved on to the next page. It wasn't about UFOs. It was about... Oh, it was about dreaming. Ooh. It was about dreaming. It was like, why we dream. See, I remember all this now after we talked about all this. See, exactly. I just had a moment of Presque Vu. Oh, isn't that ironic? Moment. Isn't that awesome? Um, But yeah... The, the song was talking about Deja Vu while I was typing Deja Vu. It was the weirdest thing. And then the song started, um, it, they started singing about dreaming. And I was 
a YouTube video came up about why we dream, and it started auto-playing at that exact moment. It was very strange, very bizarre. That's so. a wild combination. Anyway, there's lots of environmental triggers that create the phenomenon known as deja vu, as well as the other vus. So you can thank the French for the fun names, and maybe you'll experience some deja vu in the near future. Oh, I have a good feeling I'm going to experience deja vu. I feel like I get it at least once or twice a week. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's hard to remember, too. I mean, as researchers try to research it, it's really hard to get that exact moment. So they actually, some researchers use video games with certain images in them to trigger deja vu artificially, but it's still not to the same effect as like natural environmental triggers. Right. But, you know. It's one of those phenomenons that we can't explain, but we know a lot of what's going on. I like the idea behind neural misfires. So, yeah, deja vu. Good stuff. Well, now everybody knows what deja vu is. Or presque vu or... Intendu vu. All the vus. Deja intendu, presque vu, jamais vu. Deja vu. There and you a go. hypnagogic jerk, of course. We all love the hypnagogic <laughs> Gotta remember it sounds the hypnagogic like a dance. Dude, we should start a that dance. That sounds like a very future dance, like year 2050. The Are you hypnagogic, doing the hip- hypnagogic jerk. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll all be dancing that in the future. But, yeah. everyone, thank you for listening for this week of Two Top. And we hope to see you guys again next week. Yeah, tune in. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics. Hey everyone, I just want to let you guys know that we are now on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand, and you can download the free app today from any app store. They have thousands of shows for you to discover, and you can throw them in your own custom playlists. You can find them on iOS and Android and the Google Play Store. They're on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. And you can stream all your favorite podcasts, including Two Top. So if you don't have Stitcher, I suggest you download it from the app store. And while you're there, it would help our show if you left a rating and a review. That's Stitcher, radio on demand.